are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. Happy to be with you today. It is a Twitter Tuesday. And as usual, we have some great questions from you guys. Really appreciate the questions and the participation and the feedback. And uh, hope you are enjoying the coverage as well. From um, That you can find all the links at, at my Twitter account, at Patricia underscore Trina. That's also where you can ask me questions for the weekly mailbag. Just make sure you were tagging them. Ask P. Train, and I will do my very best to get to them as I see them. All right, so as I mentioned, it is a Twitter Tuesday. Before I get into your questions, though, I do want to spend a few minutes giving you guys an update from today's, or actually today being Monday, from Monday's training camp. Uh, Some good news regarding cornerback DeAndre Baker. He is probably, well, the Giants are listing him week as a day-to-day with a sprained left knee. Um, Baker Uh, Initially, there were some concerns uh, floating around that there might have been an ACL damage or something like that. Uh, That is not the case. The young man just has a sprained left knee. Probably will not see him Friday night against the Bears, but the hope and the expectation is that he will be ready for the start of of the uh, regular season. So um, that is some good news. Some bad news for for Amba Adetawo, who was one of the receivers they signed when they had all the injuries. Adetawo suffered a ruptured Achilles. He is done for the year. Very unfortunate, but, um, you know... (laughs) It's, you know, unfortunately, training camp injuries are going to happen. And, uh, that, you know, the injury bug, unfortunately, doesn't discriminate. But still, let's hope that Ambatao can, you know, make a full recovery, resume his career, and, and be back on the field in no time. Uh, a couple of other quick notes from, from camp. Uh, with Baker on the sideline, um, Corey Ballantyne got some first-team reps, as did Antonio Hamilton, a guy who... Initially, I thought might be on the bubble, but Antonio Hamilton got some first-team reps. Um, linebacker Alec Ogletree also on the sideline. He has a calf issue. Um, Ogletree should be okay. I think he's listed as day-to-day, but that gave an opportunity to Ryan Connolly and Tay Davis to go and do, you know, to, to show the coaches what they have. And Ryan Connolly, um, I might add, he's really, really looking sharp in these practices. I really like what I've seen from him. Another sharp practice today from Eli Manning. Um, maybe he had one ball that that was overthrown, but otherwise his his passes have just been pinpoint laser accuracy. So really impressive job there. Uh, Daniel Jones, a little up and down. You know, they're starting to increase some of the pressure and uh, have him do multiple reads, um, you know, so to just try and advance him from level one to level two, as it were. So uh, you can tell he's still getting used to that. And that's actually one of the things I think we're going to see in uh, the, the preseason game against the Bears when he gets in there. You're going to see him probably take, you know, make uh, his second and, you know, have to make a, at least two reads as opposed to drop back and boom, hit the first read. Um, you know, and pressure, you know, that's going to be a big thing. You know, now Jones did have some pressure today. 
he, you know, stepped up and he threw. But again, the pressure that he had, remember, he's not going to get hit. So there was no concern of being hit. And he was able to, you know, kind of step away from that pressure and make the throws that he needed to. All right, that's your quick update from Monday's training camp practice. And let's jump right in now to our Twitter Tuesday questions. And we're going to kick it off with a question from Drew Koch Tweets, who wants to know, um, is it correct to assume if no one is seriously injured that Tate, Sterling, Shepard, Latimer, Russell Shepard, Fowler, and Slayton are the first six receivers that make the 53 what others make the back end, if any, and potential practice squad members? Well, Drew, you got to take Golden Tate off that list because if his if his suspension is upheld, which I believe it's going to be, he doesn't count towards the 53. So I think that's going to open up a spot for TJ Jones, who I think has looked really, really good. TJ Jones just got here like literally a couple weeks ago, and he is just hit the ground running. So I think there just might be room for him, um, especially if he picks it up as a punt returner, which he struggled a little bit uh, last week. But if he if he can pick it up, um, I think TJ Jones could be one of the guys that they, that they keep. Um, as far as practice squad, I'm thinking Reggie White will probably be on that practice squad. Um, but other than that, I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think they're going to keep, you know, more than two on the practice squad. So that would be my guess right now, based on what I've seen. Thanks for that question. Tony Thomas, my man, Tony, Black Banjo Tony. He wants to know, are the games like Jets the only way a new defense can work out communication issues, especially with so many rookie players, uh, especially... Uh, especially when it has to choose to stay maximum vanilla and play a few starters. I'm not exactly sure what you're asking, Tony. I think you're asking me, aren't the preseason games the only way for a defense to work out communication issues? Um, The answer is yes and no. I mean, obviously at a game you're playing a lot faster, but you also have to remember they're working out these communication issues also in practice. So it's not a matter of, you know, they're sitting there and they're they're like, oh, my God, you know, what's going on when they get to the game? They are working on communication in practice. So, Tony, I hope that answers your question. I wasn't, again, I wasn't quite sure what you were asking there, but I, I think that's what you were asking. And if I didn't answer that question correctly, do let me know, and I will make sure I get you an answer on the next mail that. Folks, you're listening to Locked on Giants. It is a Twitter Tuesday. We're going to take a quick break, come back. And we have a lot more of your questions, so do stay with us. Welcome back to Locked On Giants. My name is Patricia Trana. We are on a Twitter Tuesday. Always delighted to have you listening. Great to hear from the the listeners and the readers. Um, My favorite feature of the week. So um, keep those cards and letters coming, folks. All right, let's get back to your questions. Seize the moment wants to know, I'm literally having a conversation with a friend about this group and how I think they will keep six and stash one on the practice squad. All right, this is about the receivers, I think is what he's talking about. Uh, Both Sheps, Tate, Latimer, Fowler, Jones, White, Slayton to the practice squad. Uh, Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention Slayton in the last answer, didn't I? Okay, so anyway, again, you have to take, Golden Tate out of the equation. If that 
four-game suspension is upheld, as I believe it will be, he will not be eligible for the 53-man roster. So I think both Shepherds, uh, Cody Latimer, I think Darius Slayton, I think TJ Jones and Benny Fowler will, will definitely be on that roster. Um, you might see Reggie White Jr. making that. Um, I'm try- just trying to think. Uh, yeah, you might see Re- Reggie White slipping on there if they decide to keep six, which I don't know that they will, to be honest with you. But uh, um, White would be probably the sixth. And then if they need to, they can always slide him to the practice squad once Tate is eligible to return. So I think that's how it's going to play out, but kind of early to tell Marcel. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that for sure, and hopefully there won't be any other injuries. That's that's a big thing there. So, All right, RamDude75 also wants to know how many receivers and corners in the final 53 and who are they? Okay, I've addressed the receivers, but let's talk about the corners. Um, I'm going to say... Jenkins, I'm going to say Beal, uh, Baker, um, Valentine, Julian Love I have as a safety, so I'm going to put him with the safety, and I think Antonio Hamilton will be the fifth guy. Now, if Beal and Baker are not ready for some reason by the start of the regular season, there might be room for another guy. I don't know who the guy is going to be because nobody really has kind of jumped out at this point. Um, but just off the top of my head, I would say those five guys. And actually, you know what? Let me take a look at my depth chart real quick. That would help. Maybe I'm missing a, a name here. Uh, for the giant cornerback, uh, there might you might see Ronald Zamort make the roster. I would think if they need to keep you know carry an extra guy because Neil and or Baker isn't ready to go, but. You know, I, I would say probably, you know, Zamort maybe to the practice squad. And I think they go with five because remember, Julian Love, who I'm going to list with the safeties, can play quarterback as needed. Oh, and we got to include Grant Haley. Let's let's not forget Grant Haley. So maybe, so yeah, maybe, maybe they go with six. You know, I, I, I'm, you know, I apologize. I'm going off memory here. Um, I, I have the depth chart now in front of me, and I'm just looking, and I'm seeing Grant Haley. But, you know, he's, he's of course, banged up as well. So if he and Beal and, and um, uh, Baker are not ready to go, I think they do go with six. And, you know, you got to include uh, Grant Haley. All right, next question comes from Derek Schreiber. If the Giants go with Jones, let's say, starting week nine, would they let Eli start week seven home home against the Cowboys for one last game? Derek, it really depends, to be honest with you. Um, if the Giants are out of it by week nine, you know, you, you got to look at what's what what's what's going on there. You got to see where Daniel Jones is. Um, I, I don't know if they would let Eli, you know, if they would give him a token start. I know, you know, when Ben McAdoo was here a couple of years ago, they tried to give him a token start to keep the streak alive. And Eli basically turned it down. So I don't know that that will be the case, um, but again, you've got to you've got to say that you know. Let's. I think as long as the Giants are in the playoff hunt, Eli will be the starter. Now, would it be nice for him to 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 you know play one last home game in front of the home crowd? If indeed that is the direction it's ha- headed, absolutely, I think it would be. But you know, I I think it's kind of premature to say that. 
Um, and again, based on precedent, Eli did turn down a token appearance. So I'm not so sure if he would go for that, even, even though it would be an opportunity to say goodbye to the Giants Stadium uh, faithful. All right, next one comes from uh, Brian Brand wants to know, so Eric Flowers was a disaster and is a disaster in Washington, but he was a first-round pick and highly graded by a lot of teams. What happened with him and how did everyone get it so wrong? Oh, gosh, where do we start here? Um, Eric Flowers has a tremendous set of tools. Unfortunately, for whatever the reason, Eric Flowers just didn't seem to want to work at perfecting his craft. He from what I understand, had trouble taking to certain coaching. He was resistant, um, just, you know, figured that what he had done to get to the NFL was good enough and he would continue to do it. Um, Really, you know, sometimes you don't know how somebody is going to be until you start working with them. It's kind of like a job interview where, you know, you you meet somebody and, and, you know, they put on a good face the first time and then you hire that person. And then sometimes they turn into like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. And I think that was part of the reason that, you know, flowers just didn't work out here. Now, I can't speak to what's going on in Washington, but, you know, it, it, it's just unfortunate because I do think Eric Flowers has talent I just don't know that he has the drive to really push himself to be the best offensive lineman he can be. And it's unfortunate, you know, there there are some guys who, you know, and I, I'm not necessarily saying that Eric Flowers is one of them, but I know there are some guys that have come through the Giants' locker room door in the past and they have been content with just being on a roster and collecting an NFL paycheck. And you like to think that, you know, everybody wants to earn their paycheck, but Sometimes that's just unfortunately not the case. So Eric Flowers is now Washington's problem. And, you know, if he continues to, to be a slug, then I guess uh, they'll, they'll move on from him just, just as, you know, other teams have. So, all right, let's see. A couple more. Uh, this next one is from Empire PR Man, who is part of the uh, Maven community, the maven.io slash nygiants community. So I recognize that name. And folks, again, don't forget, join me on the Maven. Register for a free account if you want to comment on articles I write, if you want to ask a question. That's that's really a good place to do that because I get little notices, you know, email notices to pop up. So I know to go and check those out. So hope to see more of you on the Maven. All right, so Empire PR... PR man wants to know, I love the footwork and techniques of the new cornerbacks. However, I am concerned about the coverage of the crossing routes. What is your assessment of the linebackers and safety so far? And Connolly was all over the field. Um, yeah, I, I, I think they're still trying to, to work out some of the kinks, I think, in coverage. I'm not so sure it was, it, it, it was you know, anything more than really, you know, maybe some communication issues, I guess. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, some of those crossing routes did bother me a little bit that the Jets were able to, um, you know, complete those. Um, but hopefully they they smooth some of that out. You know, I, and practice, I, I got to tell you, on Monday's practice, it looked a little bit better uh, with the coverage. So just little adjustments and stuff. I think just, you know, part of the problem is also some of these guys 
are frozen by play action or by the RPO and they're not sure what to, you know, whether or not they should break or should they stay put. So I think, you know, as they get more experience, that will smooth itself out. At least that is my hope. Otherwise, it is going to be a long season for Giants fans. Folks, you're listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trainer. We are on a Twitter Tuesday. We'll take our final break, come back and answer the rest of your questions. So do stay with us. Welcome back to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trena. We are on a Twitter Tuesday, and we have just a few more questions to get through before we call it a show. So let's go ahead and get those done. Rob wants to know, he, let's see, he won a copy of Madden 20 from Evan Ingram last week. Okay, congratulations. Uh, was excited, but was wondering if he's okay and might play Friday night. And let's see, by the way, I didn't see Nate Stupar versus the Jets. Will he pay for, play Friday? Rob, Nate Stupar did play against the Jets. I did see him uh, take a snap. So I, I can't imagine he wouldn't play Friday night unless he develops an injury between, you know, now and, 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 and the game Friday night. Um, as far as Evan Ingram goes, I think at some point, yes, he will play. I, I would think maybe on Friday night he'll get a few snaps. But really, you know, the, the goal here is to make sure your starters are good to go for September 8th when the games count. So if you have to limit a guy, you know, limit his snaps a little bit for the sake of making sure that he is fully ready, fully over whatever physical ailments he might have, that's what you do. You know, preseason games, there are time for the coaches to evaluate the players. It's not about wins and losses. So... If you know what you got in Evan Ingram, if you know what you got in Saquon Barkley and Eli Manning and Sterling Shepard, you really don't have to, in my opinion, give them a lot of snaps. Now, you they might want some snaps just to make sure they're in game condition, game ready, but you don't have to really, you know, play them for a full 60 minutes or, you know, you could, you could just play them here and there, I think. So, all right, next question is from Phil... Ullman, what does the fact that we still heard nothing about Tate mean? Wasn't the, the appeal results due on Friday? And then he has a question about Jake Carlock. After Jake Carlock's stellar performance, an LIU alum is is ask is it is asking that he be discussed on the podcast. Okay, um let me tackle the Tate questions first. My understanding was the decision was supposed to come on Friday, but here's what you got to remember. Sometimes the arbitrators do take days off. They do not work seven days a week. So it is possible that whoever heard Tate's appeal might have taken a day off or a couple days off. And then, of course, you had the weekend. So now you're on Monday, and Shermer was asked about Tate's appeal, if he had heard anything. And it's possible that, you know, again, whoever the heard the appeal maybe was just getting back to work today, didn't make a decision. So my guess is we'll probably hear something by Tuesday. I would be surprised if we don't hear by Tuesday, which will put it a week after the appeal. But, you know, that's what people got to remember. You know, it's kind of the same thing like with DeAndre Baker when the Giants said, you know, further valuation. Well, Baker, you know, they practiced on a Sunday that, you know, he went and he got the MRI on the Sunday, 
but the doctors don't necessarily work on a Sunday, you know, unless it's a game day, you know, so they probably had to wait for the doctors to come in on Monday morning, look at the film, and then, you know, make a decision regarding, um, regarding Baker's knee, which, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, was good news. Now, regarding Jake Carlock, what I will say is I did a film study on his interception return for a touchdown. And if you look at it and you look at the quotes that are in there, and you can find this, by the way, on the Maven. That's uh, Maven, uh, the maven.io slash nygiants. You'll see that Jake Carlock was not happy with how that whole thing came about. And, you know, without giving too much away on the film study, I understand why he said that. Basically, uh, in a nutshell, what happened was he wasn't able to shed the blocker as cleanly as he would have liked. Now, he was able to get his hands up, which was good, because the blocker, you know, did end up uh, off balance. But it, it, it was kind of, if you look at it, you know, frame by frame, it really was kind of an ugly play. And regarding his sack that he had, I think in the fourth quarter it was, that sack was really generated as a result of pressure by Jake Ceresna. Um, You know, Jake Ceresna got the, the pressure and Carlock just kind of cleaned up the sack. So, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from the young man. I think, you know, the effort was there and, you know, hey, good for him. But I, I just think he's, he's practice squad at this point. That's, you know, I, I think, you know, they, if they're smart, they hold them out of, you know, long snapping, sneak them onto the practice squad, and then maybe next year, see if, you know, if Zach Diossi decides to retire, then you go and you, you, you promote Jake Carlott to the 53-man roster if you're able to retain him. Of course, you know, once you expose him to the practice squad, somebody can, you know, snap him up if they need a long snapper. But I just have a feeling the Giants are going to not, expose him by showing what you know his long snapping abilities so all right a couple questions came in via email john g uh, writes a local publication just released its top 100 giants list one guy who was left out and doesn't get his just due is mo carthon who's got to be one of the best fullbacks to wear the giants uniform and do i agree John, absolutely. I think Maurice Carthon is a very underrated player who does not get a lot of credit. I agree that he's been the best Giants fullback of the modern era. Um, you know, I can't speak for the other publication, obviously, or the or the author, because quite frankly, I did not really look at the article, so I don't know who made the list and in what order. Um, and I'm not really concerned about it, to be honest with you, but. But yeah, I I think you know if you're if you're coming together putting together a list of top one hundred giants, you've got to go beyond you know Pro Bowls and 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 uh, you know Hall of Fame and stuff. You got to look at overall contributions and you know that that that's just a tough task for anybody to put together a list of you know the top one hundred players of any franchise. That takes a lot of research. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough task. And I know I speak from experience because I'm trying to put together a list of the top 50 uh, uh, moments in Giants history. And, and it's, it's a challenge, let me tell you. So, all right, last question is from Izzy. And this is actually a question that I missed last week. So, Izzy, I do apologize uh, for the delay. 
um, but I do have it here. And this goes back to Eli Manning. Uh, Izzy wants to know, why is it that Eli has to go outside the organization to receive help to improve his throwing velocity? Isn't this the job of the coaches and the training staff? Uh, if, if there are better methods, shouldn't they be up on it? Izzy, you've got to remember something. The collective bargaining agreement limits what the coaches can do in the offseason with the players. They are limited time-wise. They are limited to what, you know, how much they can be on the field. So a lot of players will go and seek third parties to help them with their training. This is not something new, and this is not necessarily um, an indictment of, of the coaching staff not doing its job or the training staff not doing its job. This is a matter of seeking a third party who can help you um, perfect your craft. So when I look at what Eli did, kudos to him for not sitting on his hands and just you know, accepting the status quo. I mean, I think every guy in the NFL has his own trainer. And, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. used to have it. And I know people used to get upset because he chose to train with his trainer versus the Giants. So I kind of understand the reasoning behind it. Um, but again, it's not necessarily an indictment on the coaching staff. So um, I hope that answers your question. All right, Giant fans, that concludes this week's episode of the Twitter Tuesday Mailbag. As always, appreciate you uh, tuning in, appreciate the questions, and don't forget, check out tomorrow's podcast. Uh, I'm going to put something together on practice. I'm going to uh, give you some preview about the uh, the Chicago Bear game. We'll try, I'll, I'll see if I can grab a guest. If not, I'll try and grab somebody for, for uh for a Thursday, if, if at all possible. But um, do appreci appreciate you listening, and we will talk to you again soon. So have a great day, and thanks for listening.